Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. Clint Sterner's Football at Four. All right, Clint Sterner is out today. He is in Mexico. In for him, Sean Bajani. Is, uh, you can find a lot of his work, sportsradio610.com. Where, where can they follow you at? At Sean Bajani on Twitter and uh, Instagram. That's right, at Sean Bajani on Twitter and on Instagram. So uh, he's with us today. We've had a lot of fun the first couple of hours, and we will continue to do so. Clint Sterner's football at four. Um, all right, the coaching search has been the top story here in Houston, especially with the Texans, uh, because, of course, the Texans have the third consecutive season are in a uh, coaching search, mm-hmm. uh, which is not very, A legitimate one this time, though. A legitimate one this time, but it, it, it's, it's uh, the hat trick is not generally what you get three years in a row uh, with an NFL team. But, oh, my God. Mm-hmm, we're looking at it, and Ben Johnson, he has, uh, he has withdrawn himself, but... Outside of him, everybody on their list that they have requested to interview, they have either interviewed in person, interviewed via Zoom with Sean Payton, or they're scheduled to have an interview this week on Friday, which is uh, with D'Amico Ryan. The only person, the only person that they haven't been able to talk to is Mike Cap. And they haven't uh, been able, they've requested, but... Uh, they haven't been able to nail down a date, and in fairness, nobody has because I know Brian Dayball had put it out there that they aren't uh, that he is not going to be doing interviews this week uh, as they uh, get ready for the Philadelphia Eagles in the divisional round coming up this weekend. He is getting a lot of buzz. I mean, a lot. This Mike Kafka train is choo chooing its ass right up and down everybody in the NFL. And, and, and Sean, I don't know how you feel about it, but this is this is wild to yeah. me. This is wild to me because it is just crazy how he is being viewed this way when we don't often do this. One year in as an offensive coordinator, and listen, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to be a candidate, hell, he could be a head coach if he impresses people. But it is wild to me that after the playoff game against the Vikings, he has shot up the board. One year as an offensive coordinator, his previous stop was in Kansas City as the quarterback coach under Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy out there with Patrick Mahomes, and then he comes with Daniel Jones. But he comes under another offensive coach. Mm-hmm. He comes under Brian Dayball. And why was Brian Dayball such a hot commodity? Because of his work with Josh Allen. And how it looked like he brought him from the depths of quarterback hell and then made this guy a top three quarterback in the game. It's a good tree that he comes from. It is. But the crazy thing is he is getting so much buzz and credit for this. But Brian Dayball's over there. Yeah. When we look and see the improvement of Daniel Jones, like especially how we do things with other people, you would have to look and think, well, Brian Dayball had to have his hands on that a lot because we've seen him do it with Josh Allen. Mm -hmm. But somehow Mike Kafka is getting all the buzz on this in a year in. And I just, like, this feels like a pump the brakes type of scenario to me. This feels like a, hey, let's slow down. Like, I, I mean, I'm just really surprised that, 
a guy who is the offensive coordinator of the 18th best offense and 17th in points, and Mike Kafka is just now people are talking about he may be the second coming of Sean McVay. Yeah, uh, that's just whoa. that's that's too strong. Whoa. I, I, people wouldn't be talking about this as much if he would have taken a job interview or two, you know, already. This you think so? I, I think it it's felt just, like it jumped up after that playoff game against the Vikings. I mean, maybe so, but I, I think it a lot a lot of it has to do with well, look at the other hot names around the league, and you talk about like how little. You know, guys like Gannon or Steichen or Johnson, like how little they've actually had coordinator, you know, as their title. Like, whether it's been one to three years, you know, Kafka, he's coming off of his first year as a coordinator in in, in New York, and he's 35 years old, and he's come from this great tree. You know, Angie Reid, Brian Dable, you know, these two organizations that have done so much with these quarterbacks. I mean, I understand it from that standpoint of view. But maybe he is a great candidate in two or three years' time. He's another one of those guys, kind of like Thomas Brown to me, who's so young and has ascended so quickly that I feel like, yeah, you need to pump the brakes. You need a little bit more time. He's got to build a little bit bigger of a resume right, and kind was, of separate himself a little bit more. Like Brandon Staley comes in at one year as a coordinator. Bam, he comes out and you clearly see, like, he's mm-hmm. not completely prepared, you know, to be a head coach. I just... Like, listen, I I understand. Like, he's he's just. I mean, however you want to put it, he's he is dealing in a different uh, set of rules than than his predecessor Eric Bieniemy in Kansas City, because I I already understand the same things that apply to Eric will never be the same things that apply to to to, to Matt Kafka, because all of the things that we are we are ignoring with Matt Kafka, yeah, um, was were were down were were down things on Bieniemy. But still, that quick? Yeah, I know. In a year, I mean, that quick in a year, the 18th best offense. Like I, Ben, Ben Johnson, I can understand Ben shooting up the boards. Right, this is his first year as a coordinator, and he's under an offensive-minded coach. But Dan Campbell is clearly not a quarterback whisperer, right, not right. a person. Like he's a tight ends coach and more of a CEO. But they were. They're the number four offense in football. Yeah, and you have something like, tangible. That's a huge jump. You have something even more tangible to point point to yeah. in the job that he's done with Jared Goff and in his kind of reemergence, you know, as as a good quarterback in the NFL now. You know, you just need more time with Kafka. There's so much you don't know about Kafka that, you know, you could point to guys like Eric Bieniemy, Andy Reid, Brian Dable. Like, where's his fingerprint on this? Like, there's so much of the unknown. Like, a guy like Thomas Brown or even a, a Jero Evero, you know, we've kind of come to find out, like, how influential they've been within their respective programs over the course of the last decade, starting out, you know, in college and working their way up in some cases as a strength and conditioning coach, you know, it, um, uh, for for Thomas Brown, you know, who was a really good running back at George, and you could see his lineage. And even though as a as a young guy and has never been a coordinator, has been largely a running back coach and worked with tight ends for the first time this year, like there's a progression. His active, um, how active he is in the diversity programs in getting black coaches recognition and opportunities. You know, you can point to certain things that he has a fingerprint on. Like, I don't know what that is for Mike Kafka. I need crazy. to see more. That's crazy. He's even shot above guys like Shane Steichen. Like, that, that I think have had... Steichen's what? Coming off of uh, his second year as a coordinator? But, but, well, more than that. I mean, in, in, second year in Philly, but he was also a coordinator for Herbert uh, with the Chargers before that. And he's shooting up off one year with the 18th best offense in football. 17th and scored. Yeah. Like, one playoff game did that? And how can you – like, I just – 
Like, for me, how he gets around Brian Daybol being there, and he and he gets so much credit for Daniel Jones is is one that is yeah, I want to side beyond me. Like, beyond me. Beyond me. All right, uh, this is a this is starting to get interesting. As you knew, when Green Bay season ended against the Lions, that we were in for the Aaron Rodgers hustle. Fresh out of the punch of karma. That's right. What's <laughs> what's the offseason going to be like from Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers, uh, in a presser, talked, or, or not in a presser. I'm sorry. When he was on um, Pat McAfee, on McAfee. Pat McAfee on McAfee show, as he always does said that um, he was asked if he could still still play. This is the thought. After his season, can you still play at a high level? Do I still think I can play? Of course. Of course. Can I play at a high level? Yeah. The highest. I think I can win MVP again in the right situation. Right situation? Is that Green Bay or is that somewhere else? I'm not sure. But I don't think you should shut down any you know opportunity like i said during the season it's got to be you know both uh, both sides uh like actually wanting you know to work together moving forward and uh i think there's you know more conversations to be had all right and then one of tom brady's henchmen uh, uh <laughs> rob gronkowski he comes out i'm not gonna let that ride here comes rob rob gronkowski his thoughts on what aaron Rodgers had to say I, I'm totally fine with everything he said, except one major part, and that's the MVP again. It's just that I think I, I think I could win another Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and, it, and then that would have been totally fine. Like, like, bro, like, why are you thinking MVP? Like, don't you want Super Bowls? Like, Super Bowls are, are I think, five times greater than a, than an MVP award. Like, we all know that you won the MVP a few times now, but, like, you know, everyone would everyone would know even more how many more Super Bowls you've won than MVP. So that, that's why I'm just a little confused about that, you know, about that quote that he just had. I mean, it should be Super Bowls. You well, should never be thinking the MVP when, when you want Super Bowls. Got a boy, Rob. Way to come in there and say that's not, that's not what Tommy would do, damn it. Yeah. Tommy's thinking Super Bowls. Tom doesn't care about these MVPs. And that's exactly it. You know, I had a problem with Gronkowski's opinion on what Rodgers had said at first. But then I, I heard it again, and I'm like, you know what? What's this guy used to? The entire career, he's been with Tom Brady. And winning. That mindset. <laughs> and winning. And Super Bowl. And But how Tom Brady would answer that same question, which we didn't hear, by the way, I think context is important. So I'm not going to completely kill Rodgers for answering the question the way that he did because it was obviously it, it, very poignant. It feels like, like it was like, do you still think you can play? Yeah. Do you and still he think said, you yeah, can I play? Still, I can play at a and high so, level and I can play at an MVP And he's going to focus on that. You know, but if Brady was asked the same question, if a lot of other quarterbacks were asked the same question, they would answer it much to the same way that Gronkowski would expect it to answer, be answered, you know, and talk Super Bowl. Not make it about yourself, but make it about the team and winning, which is always most important. At least it should be. It is interesting because a lot of people are in this thought of the Packers. They've got Jordan Love. They drafted him. That's the first thing that ticked off Rodgers. They drafted him, and people should move. They The Packers should move on from Aaron Rodgers and get out of this song and dance. And listen, it has got to be annoying as hell to be around Aaron Rodgers and have to deal with this act. I mean, through the season, on and off the field, that Guten Kurtz guy, is that, is that the GM's name? I'm sure I blew it. Uh, but uh, That's pretty close. Yeah, yeah, because I know it could get dicey there in there where it could get a, a dicey word in there. But uh, 
And I know it's just like, boy, I don't want to put up with this. And, man, we've got Jordan Love, and the, t- the clock is ticking on what we're going to see with him, and do we have something there. But a Super Bowl is such a hard thing to do and such a big deal. Yeah. And I, I think Aaron Rodgers – I don't think Aaron Rodgers is washed. I think Tom is. I don't think Aaron is washed. I think he had a bad season and bad connection, especially early with his young guys and young skilled players and a lot of injuries – with their offensive line, but they had a really good draft, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And then him and Watson, towards the end of the season, started to really connect. And this is a kid jumping from North Dakota State to the mm-hmm, NFL, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he really came on. Romeo Dobbs, they could they could add some pieces. And when you look around the NFC, and I'm a coach and quarterback guy, and we just started looking, and you'd look around right now at the Final Four. It's Dak. It's Jalen. Hurts, it's Brock Purdy, and it's uh, it, and and it's Daniel Jones. Like I mean, you look at that. Aaron's better than it can be better than them, and it's better than maybe Jalen. Hey, he's better than to he's sin. better than them, but I mean, Jalen and Dak are no slouches. They're I mean, Purdy's they're no, <laughs> they're no slouches, but it's not like like to me. If you're in the AFC and you got to run through that that yeah. that roll of quarterbacks, I don't know. But you look in your division, man. You got to you got to get you got to take care of Jared Goff, a, a young Justin Fields, uh, and 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 and, uh, and and Kirk Cousins. Like to me, I think they can still get to a Super Bowl. And I would, as much as I wouldn't want to, I'd probably put up with this Aaron Rodgers silliness for an, another year because they've got they've got a really good team, especially in that conference, to 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 really make this thing work. So I, I'd put up with. What's his contract like? Oh, it's awful. I mean, it's it's uh, it's uh, it's. I mean, it's a big number. I know Woo! it's a big number. What's that money? What are the years? Is it, is it like are we looking at like two more years, three I think more years? Two or, two or I don't quote me. I think two more years, uh, something around that. And I know it's really hard for them to get out of it. I know this year, uh, but they they could. There could be a team that could make a move and make a trade for his him. Contract for Aaron Rodgers is through twenty twenty six. Good lord. Yeah. But they, but 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 the way it's it's put together though, they can get out of it. They can they can they can get out of it after I think after two years they can really get out of it and not get hurt in a big way. But for me, though, I, I just wouldn't I just wouldn't push the Jordan Love thing yet because I still think with their team and their conference they're in, they got a chance. Potential can- out 2024, two years, 101 and a half million dollars left on it, 25 million dollar dead cap. Yeah. yeah. Little news to pass to hit uh, Clint right in the nuts here. Kendall Bryles has has accepted the OC job at TCU, sources tell ESPN. Official announcement expected Thursday. Bryles has been at Arkansas the last three years. I think it's silly as hell. Hogs (laughs) were 15th nationally in total offense last season. That's a, that's a. That's a hit in the nuts. I mean, maybe, maybe I, I guess Kendall maybe really wants to get to to Texas. It man, felt like it ripped my nuts off. But damn, man, you're you're leaving the SEC. Yeah. To be a coordinator to go to TCU, that's not a traditional power in the Big Twelve. They, they had a really good year this year, but not a traditional power. Woo! That yeah, see, my wiener was there. Like you could see yourself losing Kendall Browse, but I'm not sure. 
you see yourself losing Kendall Browns to TCU. Yeah, right. It's yeah, the it, it's to whom you're losing them to. I wonder who's in the pipeline there. I'm sure I'm sure Clint's got some thoughts on a guy or two. It might, hell, it might be Clint. But Hogs <laughs> are winners. <laughs> you I might should. need a new show host. Might, let's hope not. No. Uh, let, let, I yeah, got gotcha. you. Let, let's hope. Well. <laughs> Uh, all right, coming up, uh, we we've got to we've got to get this discussion back. What is it that you're scared of, Houston? Why are you so scared of Sean Payton? Why are you scared of success? We'll discuss that next. Sports Radio 610 presents the Drive with Sterner and Hughley. Clint Sterner out today. I just. Come on, fellas. Look, can we can we sit down and, and at the table and have a conversation? I, I don't want to hear from you. you. Hey, you know what? You can call in 713-572-4610. I'll get your thoughts. Can you all, I, I, I'm literally lobbing it out to you, to both of you. What is the deal with so many Texans fans Doing this mental gymnastics in their minds to try to force themselves into, for some reason, pulling out all these negative things of why they don't want Sean Payton to be the next coach. Why the Texans shouldn't go the route of Sean Payton. Why they don't, I mean, from the, the, the just craziness of it. He's a... Uh, he's he's a quitter. He'll quit on you. He just wants money. Uh, he 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 doesn't. He, how good is he really with quarterbacks? I mean, it's just Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. He had yeah, Drew Brees forever. How good is he really? I mean, oh, I don't want him to have control. It'll just be like Bill O'Brien having control. You know, you know, none of that is not true. Well, Belichick probably isn't a great coach either. Yeah. I just, I just wonder because, I, like, I'm not going to lie. You know, in this business, and you two have been in it, and, and, and Sean, you've been in it longer than any of us, but in this business, it is hard to come through with 100% agreement on something. There's generally always somebody that is, uh, that is going the other way. Yeah. But, I mean, there are some things that, that you look at, it, oh, the Texans have a chance to hire Sean Payton. I would think 90% of people would be like, oh, the Texans? Yeah. These Houston Texans? <laughs> right. These Texans that have had these coaches here lately can have in some way attract a Sean Payton? I'd feel like 90% of people would be behind it. But what we've seen the last two weeks, fellas, is so many people breaking their necks to come up with insane, in my opinion, reasons why they wouldn't they wouldn't be down for Sean Payton. Know, the man. closest one that holds any kind of water that I can accept, but I still think, like, come on, look at the importance, is the fear of trading draft capital. Yeah. Now, if it's crazy, it's crazy. But a first-round pick? Like that, but, but other things like, oh, oh, I don't know if he's good with quarterbacks. You Are you kidding me? Like, oh, I just, like, what is what is it? You guys are from Houston. You lived here. You're from Baytown. and You're from 
near Hobby? What, what, what is what is this? I just think, you know, you kind of hit the nail on the head, to be honest with you. And the fact that you you think, and look, it's not that I don't trust your pulse on it per se, but I would just have to believe that there is a majority of people out there that do feel like Sean Payton would be absolutely welcome here as their next head coach. Well, there's some. It's not everybody. I, I feel like it should be the majority, <laughs> and why wouldn't it be the majority? Why isn't it the majority? Why do you think it's not the majority just because of a few, you know, detractors, callers, texters, you know, tweeters, it's you know, here and there? Like, it's just too many. It's too many. And, you know, ultimately, like, I do think most people uh, would love to have Sean Payton even if it does cost you a first-round draft pick, let's just say it costs you number 12 regardless. We're not going to get cute. We're just going to say it costs the Texans the 12th-round pick. I mean, the, the the 12th overall pick. So what? People would be great about that. You have four over the course of the next two years in the first round. What's the big deal? And you're getting one of the best talent evaluators, one of the guys with, if you think he's not qualified you know, to work with quarterbacks, he has a lengthy resume, probably longer than any one of these other candidates has that they could point to and say, well, look what I've done with Lamar Jackson. Look what I've done with Drew Brees. Look what I've done with the talent around those guys. Well, I said Lamar Jackson. I meant Teddy Bridgewater. Um, you know, he's got a lengthy resume, and you went to, you went through it. It's inarguable. I want to know legitimately. Like, we just had a texter that say, uh, show, you know there are concerns with Sean Payton. You damn well know it. Okay, well, what are they, Texter? Like, I'd be interested to hear. Like, give me something compelling. Let me know. 713-572-4610. Call, text, the trailer, real and frame text line. I want to know. Give me a compelling argument against Sean Payton and why you think he should not be what the it, next What Texans is it concerning coach. you? Like, what is the the fear? I, I think you brought up something, uh, and I've seen this a little bit. You've brought up something, Sean, as we were prepping for the show, uh-huh. of, there's a there's a fear of giving Sean Payton a bunch of power, mm-hmm. and uh, again going through a situation where having one person that has so much power in terms of like this guy is the person who can make decisions the way that Bill O'Brien had it, the way that in some form or fashion Jack had it, and now the way that Nick has it. But I, my, my thing to that is, I hear that, but we got to take context, right? Or, or, or understand the difference in people. Right. Like giving, yes. giving, like Bill O'Brien was not a good GM, was not a good uh, will and deal guy, not a good person when it came to trades, not a good, he's not that. Sean Payton has, he has been the number one voice in terms of big decisions made for the Saints for a, at least a decade. Mm-hmm. Maybe when he first started there, maybe what? But at least a decade, he was the number one voice and no decision on personnel or coaching or anything on that team went through, didn't go without his yes. Mm-hmm. He would win out. Right. And when you look at what they did, they were highly successful damn near every year with him having that kind of power. Like, man, just because Bill O'Brien absolutely destroyed it. He was the wrong guy to give so much power to. doesn't mean that somebody who's shown you. Like, I, 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 Listen, I understand the point of some people texting in, look at their cap, their cap situation with the Saints. They were in go-for-it mode. And listen, to be honest, man, you can finagle yourself around caps, 
right? They, they, they're, they're able to do stuff. So I just, like, I just, boy, I, I just don't think there is a good enough reasoning for why, why people have gotten themselves convinced, like, oh, no, man, we got to go with one of these guys that are completely unproven and these guys that are shot to the, you know, in the dark. Yeah. Like, now, look, we get this text message. Uh, y'all are just blowing smoke up Sean Payton's. He went to one Super Bowl in all those years. What has he really done? Well, he went to a Super Bowl, but he's also developed talent. He's also. No, no, no. I'm sorry. He went to a Super Bowl. He, yeah. You haven't been to an AFC <laughs> championship game. Right. He went to about three of those, too. He yeah. probably would have gone to another one if he didn't have just some god-awful call in which they completely changed pass interference the next year. Yeah. They made it a replay. What are you talking about? He went to a Super Bowl. What's he ever done? Hold huh? on, Joe. Hold on, what? <laughs> we do not care. You're talking about going from a guy named Bill O'Brien who said, hey, it's an 8-8 eight and eight league, Brian. It's hard to win in this league, Brian, to a guy who you just said never took his team to an AFC championship game, never even sniffed it, to a guy who, you know, has been there, done that and played and coached in Super Bowls, developed talent. Like, we don't have to go through the resume. You know the resume. You just have a problem with giving up control. You have a problem with what it's going to take to get that guy. You have a problem with, you know, being mired in the crap that you have been as a fan of this organization for the last three years when it's done everything imaginably illogical. You're frustrated. You're angry. And you don't want to do the same thing. Well, there's guys that you should absolutely have legitimate fear in giving the keys to the car to. Sean Payton is not one of them. He is. And and I think it's just inarguable. I mean, let's let's not pretend that you have, you know, Sean McVay available, Bill Belichick available, you know, Tomlin available. These guys aren't available. They have jobs. They have teams that they are currently in the process of building and trying to get back to that Super Bowl level with. You have Steichen, you have Gannon, you know, uh, you have D'Amico Ryan, who you'll interview with at some point in the next couple of days. And then you have you Sean know. Payton, who is completely <laughs> yeah. proven in rebuild. Let's get to, let's get to Roy. I want to hear from you, Roy. Your your thoughts on this, Roy? Uh, are are you one that is scared of, of or, or or one who is against bringing in Sean Payton? I am not, and and, and for a plethora of reasons. One, just let me say this. You know, you can make up a lot of reasons, but but ask yourself this. We are about to probably have Stroud, or we're about to have Bryce Young in here. And do you want a defensive coordinator as good as he could possibly develop a young quarterback or building an offense around a new quarterback that you hope you can open up a quarter of the playbook with, a half of the playbook with, and also somebody that can build and develop that quarterback this guy's proven in all those things. Now, he got to the Super Bowl, and, and like Sho said, he was one you know play away where they changed the whole instant replay system on pass interference for him. I mean, the guy has a track record. He has a way of doing things. Everybody else, you are taking a gamble. And, right. and look at what happened last year with the, uh, with the Jaguars and their quarterback under, under Irving Meyer. I mean, they're they're lucky that he's where he is right now because they took a gamble on a first-year coach, and it turned out to be a complete disaster on a first-round draft pick. Appreciate and the now- call, Roy. I appreciate the call. We got to run. I, listen, I, I I see you lining up seven one three five seven two four six ten. If you are one of the ones who are who are against Sean Payton, I got to hear it. I got to understand it because I'm telling you, Tyler, this this text line is about to make me just, I mean, just. 
funnel shoot <laughs> tequila. <laughs> Somebody had the audacity to put their fingers on these on the keyboard and type Lovey Smith oh, went that. to a Super Bowl. Stop. So what? Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. All right, Clint's out, and uh, Sean Bajani is in. Tyler Milner behind the deal. What do you think it is, Tyler? Because I, I do want to get to you, 713-572-4610, because, I, I, I mean, some of the, the excuses, like Sean Payton without Drew Brees is equal to Bill Belichick without Tom Brady. Man, okay. Let's even play that game, which I don't agree, uh, because Sean directly works with the quarterback, and we've seen it with other quarterbacks. I don't. Know. What is he? What, what What have the Patriots done the last couple of years? They've gone to the playoffs, and they were one game away from the playoffs last year. Are y'all too good for that? Is that where y'all are? Y'all, y'all too good for that? Y'all want y'all want to turn them them four and three wins to the get up out of here. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tyler. That just no, I, I mean, I, I think the whole discussion you and Bajani just had last segment, I, it could be a plethora of things that are that are having Texans fans work this hard to, to try I not mean, to make sense hard, of Peyton. Yeah, working real I mean, hard. Hard. But but I honestly, and, and I'm not saying I'm right, but but to me, I think the root of this whole thing, any Texans fan that is trying their damnedest to convince himself Sean Payton isn't the guy, I truly believe at the root of it. It's just that as Texans fans and as football fans in this city, man, we don't know. Texans fans aren't used to good things being presented to them. Texans fans aren't used to having opportunities like getting Sean Payton for a head coach. And and I think it's almost like the fan base just doesn't know that's how to a, handle that's it. A, you know, that's a good thought. Maybe, maybe... When when members when people in the fan base see that a guy like Sean Payton with his resume is interesting, it is interested in the Texans. Their antennas going well. What the hell is this? What, what's going on with him? What's wrong with him? Something must yeah. be going why on here. Why Think better of yourself. Well, we just got a text message. Explain to me once again why Sean Payton isn't coaching the New Orleans Saints right now. You know, like that. That's when you have when you have the opportunity to get guys, and you don't want to. <laughs> no, you're not used to nice things, as you just said. You ask all the questions. You know, you want to know, well, why is this situation like being presented to us? Like, is this real? Um, you know, you're you're literally flipping script here. You're going from the worst time in franchise history to potentially the most exciting. You know, and I explained to you this way. What was that Buffalo Wild Wings commercial like back in the day? Like with the easy button? Oh, the easy button. It's, I this think is, it was Staples. This is pressing the easy. Yeah, I think you're right. It was Staples. <laughs> it's like pressing the easy button. You know, you've got money to spend this offseason. You've got draft capital, 11 picks, more than any other NFL team in the league this year. And you've got the hottest coach, a couple of days removed from talking with ownership about coming to work for your organization. Yeah. If you can make that happen, that's the easy button right there. Yeah. I just I just want to have a conversation with the drive family. I just want to, I just I'm just trying to get an understanding. It feels like it's coming out of fear. Trey, let me let you jump in here if I can. There you go. Go ahead, Trey. What's your what, what's your fellas, thoughts on this? Fellas, y'all y'all have confirmed that crack is back. I didn't know, you know, I'm from the south side of H Town where they used to do that thing. But these people are smoking. Sean Payton, what are you talking about? Mm. That shows that the Lord is listening to me. He's been answering my prayers. 
He been he he has. And and check this out. The city of Houston professional football team has not smelled a Super Bowl ever. Not sniffed it. Ever. Y'all hear me? Uh, uh, no, I, I'm Did well you, aware of it. What, what, what was that league before the NFL? Oh, don't worry about it. I don't know. Yeah. We, we, we won that championship, but no, can't nobody remember. I think I it was the AFL, if I'm I help I... Think the American Football League, I believe is what it was. Oh, okay, but that, I wasn't alive. <laughs> I hear you, Trey. No, man, I, 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 I'm with you. I don't know, I don't know about the, the – I don't know about keep the, praying, man. The crack ep- ep- epidemic, but I, <laughs> I, I don't know hear what you. that was. I, 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 I think cracks everywhere, not uh, just the south no, side. I, no, I know what he's saying. He's saying because <laughs> I, for the life of me, can't get it. Like I just like for me, hey, we've been horrific. Coach has been so coaching has been so bad. Even when we've been good, we've all felt like coaching was the thing that was holding us back. And now you got a chance to get a Hall of Fame coach. Yeah. That is an offensive-minded coach. That's a rookie mistake. That is improved quarterbacks. And you like, nah. <laughs> we'll find the right guy. Give me Shane Steichen. No picks. No picks. We'll me, find the right give guy. Me Matt Kafka. If you were to power rank, like what you believe the the general audience would be in favor of, like what do you think it would be? Like Houston Texan fans. And give me your top three D- coaches. D'Amico, D'Amico Ryans, I mm-hmm. think, number one. Um, and I think, honestly, I think probably Sean after D'Amico. Sean Payton. And then, for some reason, I don't understand this, but this Jonathan Gannon guy, is just, it just gets people going. For Nailed it. Does that I get just, people going, or is that like the easy one to point to because of his previous relationship with Casario, interviewing twice last year, again this year? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. There have just been Texans fans have just – one's Anarek was shown to be really intrigued by Jonathan Gannon. I think you nailed it. I think it's one I, – I think it's close 1A, 1B with the Texans fans with Peyton and, and D'Amico, and then it's it's Gannon. Like I, and like I said, I, I, think the major, I think the majority of people, 51% at least of Texans fans, want Sean Peyton here. I'm just telling you, it's, it's to me – it's a head-scratcher – that five percent would be against yeah, it. Yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. I get what you're. I, I get what you're saying, and I, I said it earlier. I think it's a lot more than fifty-one percent of the people. I, 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 I think so. I just said at least yeah. the majority. I'm sure we got another one here. Larry, go ahead, man. Uh, I, uh, are, are you one of the ones who, who's out on Sean Payton? So um, let, let me let me make myself clear. It's not about not wanting Sean Payton. It's about the cost of getting Sean Payton. Okay. I'm not I have no interest in giving up a a the twelfth pick in the draft why? on a team I'm 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 about to tell you why. On a team that I've heard you say out of your own mouth that say they lack talent. You said that. We've been saying that since the last four years when when, when they started uh dismantling the team with, with uh uh DeAndre being gone, Dwayne Brown being gone. You know, we we watched them dismantle the team. So we've all been sitting around here going, we need to start adding some talent to the team. I've even heard on this radio station that people have said there's not a player now, maybe Larry Tonsil, now that we got some. But there used to be players that no other team in the league would want. Here's the thing. If the New Orleans Saints want to take a, a, a pick in 2025, 
I'll give them a third-round pick this year, and they can have the first next year. But so I keep telling you, man, you got to quit eating them, uh, them, them, them paint chips, man, because you need a quarterback, you need a wide receiver, you need talent on this team. Yeah. Now, Sean Payton would, pe- would put people in the seats. So would D'Amico. So if I had my choice and it didn't cost me a pick this year, sure. Come on, son. Come on over to H-Town. We got plenty of these old silly-ass New Orleans folks here anyway. So it feels just like home for you. But I'm in the business of building a football team that's going to have some players and some longevity. I like D'Amico, and it has nothing to do with the fact that he has played for the Texans. It has everything to do with the fact that he is a leader of men. He's a young, brilliant defensive coach. And I think under the right circumstances, with the right situation, getting a quarterback from Alabama that he dogs with, I think it would be ideal. So it's all good, baby. But if Sean Payton want to come, we'll take him. Don't nobody not want him. We just don't want to pay the Saints what they ask him for. You wouldn't go buy a used car and give him no first-round pick, would you? So in our hall. Yeah, and I hear you. That, and Can I you just trade think- draft picks for NFL players or for, for a new car? No, no, I haven't. Uh, if so, I want to look into that. I, it's just, I just think, Larry, you're. I, I just, I just think you're not thinking through it, Larry. I, I really, because you, you start to ask yourself, okay, do I want Nick Casario? Like, do I feel much more comfortable with Nick Casario making pick draft pick twelve, or do I feel great about having Sean Payton picking yeah. pick two, and then the other two first round picks I got next year? Yeah. And the other picks that I have. Because, yeah, you need all that. But you don't just find all that talent in the 12th. Right. I feel much more comfortable with having Sean Payton and Nick Casario together with Sean Payton having the trump card or either Sean Payton's GM that he would want in looking at the entire draft. Oh, damn. So- and then again, you can have the 12th pick because I also want, I also want Sean Payton to be working with the quarterback you pick. Not whoever the hell it is that Nick isn't going to come up with or even D'Amico's going to come up with if it is. Or I'd rather him than Shane Steichen. And I'm impressed by him. Or I'd rather Sean Payton than, than Matt Kafka. Man, it's it's one pick. Yeah. One pick. We see players at every position that the Texans need throughout the draft. See, I don't want the, I'm going to put it right there. I don't want the dude who looked at Derek Stingley and looked at Sauce Gardner and said, give me Derek, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I'm going to put him in with this defense. I don't want the guy that looked and could have taken the first guard off the board saying, hey, Kenyon Green or Zion Johnson. I don't want that. I don't feel comfortable with that because the Texans got to get going right now. Yeah. They got to go now. They can't have another bad season like that. And I'd rather have Sean Payton be right there. Whoa, well, well, hold on here. Let's let's take a look at this. You can have the 12th and have the two first you got next year and the second you got this year and the two threes you have this year. Sean Payton, I feel a lot more comfortable with all the help you need that Sean can find more than just the 12th. Yes. Hey, look, you you make great points. Greg Grissom, the Texans uh, president the other night, what was it, last Monday we went for this uniform thing, yeah. said something to me that had not a damn thing to do with the uniform, the colors, and all that crap. He'd said 
he purposely hires people that challenge him, that make him uncomfortable. And everything that you described, Sean Payton's really the only damn guy that has proven that could do that under this current structure with the Houston Texans, that could challenge Nick Casario and Cal McNair, that could make them feel uncomfortable, that could really enlighten yeah, he them. Ain't going to make Cal feel uncomfortable. Cal's just going to say, all right, well, hell, he won. Yeah, that's him. Maybe. 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 Maybe you're right, you know, but I. That call right there surprised me by Larry because I usually agree with him. I can't think back to the last time I disagreed with him. I think he has such a great pulse on the fan base, the the city. He does a great job. He's really well thought out. But he was wrong on a couple of things. Sean Payton's, he's not going to put any butts in seats. When's the last time you went to a football game, baseball game, basketball game to see the damn coach? No, you want to see the coach that can coach the best players at their disposal. And Sean Payton can get those guys, develop those guys, and if you get him and it costs you a first-round pick, it's not going to hinder him or your organization, the Texans, from getting those players. A quarterback, you have the number two pick. If it's not young, you get Stroud. If it's not Stroud, you're going to get a quarterback. And whoever Sean Payton deems best for this year's draft that he could develop, you're still going to get a wide receiver. You have 11 picks. If it costs you one, you've got he 10. Got, had, you can he, move up and get these guys if you want He them. drafted Marcus Colston in the sixth round and made him an absolute stud. Yeah, 100%. Like, he, 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 Michael Thomas, was that it? Was he in the 12th? You know, the first? He found Alvin Kamara in the third or fourth round. Mm-hmm. Stud. Yeah. He turned Taysom Hill, who he found late in the draft, into a guy that is a who's been an impact player on his team, man. This dude, the 12th pick for the guy who's – and then you trade the 12th pick to give Nick the 12th. Yeah. I'm not saying Nick's going to blow it. Nick, I mean, he's been all right. He, Petrie was was good. And, and I believe Pierce in Nick Casario. But, you know, you're well, – Come on, man. They're great points. I just want to say this. Those are great examples, but all of those individuals that you name, they are who they are because they were drafted and developed by a certain individual. What if it was a different coach? What if it was a different system? Would Alvin Kamara be Alvin Kamara? You know, like, yeah. we know them because of how they'd come up, how they were developed, what they did under that system, under his tutelage or whatever. And you could say that for a whole bunch of guys, McVay and Reed and Belichick and whoever, but those guys helped make those individual players, the ones that you like, the ones you appreciate, the ones that are so good. Yeah. No, and, I, I, and I trust the guy with the proven track record that's been there, done that before. And if it cost you a first-round pick, then so be it. Like, I'm 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 here for that. Yeah, I I think D'Amico Ryan's is going to be a really good coach, and I think that's a part of what Larry and some uh, are, are looking at. But when you look at the Texans situation, they got to go now. Like they're they're they're. I mean, they have to they have to do something now. I mean, they are there's seventy thirty in terms of other teams in their stadium. Like they've got to do something now, mm-hmm. and you if you got to do something now. You have a proven guy that can fix exactly what your problem is because he's done it. He's done it. All right, coming up. Um, all right, we got to get to the latest here of everything that is happening right now. Some information, information about how the interview process went with Sean Payton. We'll let you hear the latest on that. And, oh, Rob Gronkowski goes to bat for his boy Tom Brady. We'll discuss that next. 